Hello, everyone, and welcome to what I think is the first Irrational Passions Review discussion of 2020. Hell yeah. I'll be your host for this one. My name's Mike Burgess, video producer for RationalPassions.com. The voice you just heard is, of course, Alex O'Neill. It's me. Ed- editor, editor, the the king, the kingship of uh, RationalPassions.com. <laughs> kingship. I'm, I'm changing my bio on the website right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now. The kingship. kingship. Um. So we're here to talk about um, a little game I just played through called Kunai. Mm. Um, and stop me if you've heard this one before, Alex, when well, I tell you what Kunai is. Well, let me put my seatbelt on. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a 2D uh, uh, side-scrolling. Uh-huh, I'm, I'm digging it so far. Met- Metroidvania. Oh, no. <laughs> platformer. <laughs> oh, that's, my goodness. That's right. <laughs> It's it's one of those. We we um, we walked up to this game and played it together at a PAX. Once. Yeah, we yeah we saw it. We both saw it at PAX East last year, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming up by the way. But see us there. Come to our panel. Come to our panel. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We played it there and I was like, oh, it's, this is pretty cool. It's just like out of nowhere. It's neat. Um, and then like it's kind of not necessarily disappeared. I think it was just like a lot of other games and the rest of the year happened. And then all of a sudden, like a week or two ago, it was just like boom! It's out on Steam. It's out on Switch. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I want to check. I want to check that out. So it seems um, I like picked it up. It, it might have come together pretty quickly at the end. <clears throat> yeah, I, I um, we'll get into it, but I think it was only like it's only like a group, like a team of like three or four people. Like mm-hmm. when I got to the credits, so it definitely has a little bit of a vibe of that. But um, we'll get into that, and of course, you know. Um, for for everyone's awareness, I was provided a code for this game from some wonderful PR folk uh, to play it, um, and I played it on Steam on PC. Uh, again, it's also on Switch. Um, I don't I should have gotten the price, but I think it's probably like you know fifteen twenty dollar range. Sure, um, I'll work on that. But yeah, it is a two D Metroidvania game in which you play as this little kind of robot character there's like a little like a kind of a brief opening like story bit like re- like intro animation uh it's all like 2d kind of pixel art it, it's very reminiscent of like a game boy game or like a neo neo geo game because it's like it's very only like two-toned colors and, and the pixel based uh and like it's all pixel based um but basically like the setup for the game is uh, you're this little robot that was broken out of this facility. You are in like the near, near, like the way future, where humans have essentially left left the their flesh and bones to become mm-hmm. robots. And the person who kind of helped bring that upon us is like kind of gone mad and has now made like evil robots and is like taking over and has like caused the world to go to the end. And so now they're like. When you say near future, you literally mean the future from near automata. <laughs> yes, correct. The, it's near. It's near automata's future. Um, that's that's right. It's, it's exactly that. No. <laughs> yeah, I, totally. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Uh, there was there was there was, you had to you had to go you had to play the game three different times to get the full story and everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, like the game sets up and you're kind of like a robot being made in the lab. And then you're broken out by this resistance group of other robot people that are fighting back. Like this like small little group is fighting back against these like robot overlords, essentially. Um, so like, but like it, it sounds more elaborate than it is because you basically just get this like in like the first like 10 to 15 minutes. And then it's just a, a Metroidvania game. <laughs> yeah. And then you just and alone then, like, forever. 
Yeah, and you're just running around, and like you, you'll run back into the robots, but it's mostly just like, hey, hey, we need you to go into this place and get this item to do specifically this and get to the next thing. Mm. Like that's basically what comes to the story, more or less. And uh, the but the I would say the one of the very first things you get, um, and probably definitely one of like the main I'd say like the standout with um, this game are the kunai. So yeah. like there they are two little kunais that you'll see kind of on the sides of your character and you can use the triggers to then shoot one either one the left the left or the right one depending on which trigger or bumper you use and they can stick to walls and certain surfaces and you can like basically like grapple hook your way on one side or like like be in midair and hook one in and swing and it's like all kind of momentum based and like man this this game has like an immediate like really good feel and momentum to it like mm-hmm. even even outside of just like running around and like um you, you like your main your main uh weapon of attack is a katana and a sword and like you can you can attack in any direction um depending on like you can, you can hit the button and hit any direction you can sw- like slash down when you're in the air and like kind of like ping pong off enemies like that are near like you can like slice down and you'll kind of keep keep yourself up in the air with that which is really fun and you can kind of like keep yourself like moving really quickly with if you kind of get really well with like you know moving around like uh jumping around um like using the kunai to like stick into walls and climb up walls um you get more and more upgrades that let you do that like you get like a double jump and you get like an upgrade that lets the kunai like you can stick both in and then kind of use it as like a a uh like a launcher kind of like a launcher yeah like a you can kind of like uh bend like push them down and you can like shoot yourself up like rubber band Um, yourself up yeah they, yeah they become like elastic uh yeah that you was move yourself around that was the thing that stuck out to me the most when we when we saw the packs was just like traversal with the kunai seemed to be like very different and and like playing the 30 minute chunk that we played it's hard to get a feel for how well like how that maintains its its level of interesting for a whole yeah know, game so yeah and, and and that's kind of ultimately where uh, that kind of felt felt because like i i be i i've completed it i i think my steam time was about eight ish hours mm-hmm. and i would say like i still enjoyed that aspect of it and like there's some enjoyable aspects of it but it's like it's pretty like by the book outside of the kunai and some of some of the abilities you get like they're all pretty standard because like you get those kunai and then you just have them right out the gate and you have them for the old the whole game and like besides that kind of like elastic like launching upgrade to them that's like the only really upgrade related to them yeah um the rest are kind of all like weapons and um uh, <clears throat> excuse me like upgrades for your swords okay so like some of them are cool cuz there's basically a little shop you can go to um scattered throughout the world and like there's like a little hub you go back to where all the like, it's like a, like the resistance camp where all the little robots are and cool. like you can you can like uh get get upgrades there just through a shop and it's like uh you know you get like a cool you get like a cool like charge up uh attack with your sword but you can like hold down you know and the, the little robot guy will charge up and then um once you're fully charged you'll see like a circle around like the nearest enemy and your dude will like home in and like lo- like to like basically teleport to where that enemy is and you can just smash like the attack button and do a bunch of like anime slashing teleports around them and stuff and it's it's cool um, but like it, it's it, it's very specific use cases because it, it doesn't work super well against bosses. And then like the rest of them are like uh, projectile based. So like first you get 
um, uh, like a throwing a throwing shuriken um, that's like electric. So like you you go through this whole section that is like uh, based on like throwing these into like switches that are kind of far away, so you can like manipulate like doors or like conveyor belts or like and like open up uh, passageways and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so that one's cool, and you can use it also to like throw into an enemy and it'll stun them for a brief period so you can then like run up and attack him a bunch um that's cool it seems like it's a more mm-hmm. combat focused metroidvania yeah. to be fair yeah absolutely because the other two uh upgrades you get are basically just guns like you get like double uzis nice which you, which you can just like mash on the button and like shoot and you can also use it to like hover so you can like jump in the air and like aim down and shoot and you'll just like float oh, in the air as long as you can shoot cool. with them so like you you use that a couple times to like cross big gaps, um, and then the other thing you get is just a rocket launcher, which is just like you shoot a big rocket and it does a big AOE, and like it kind of makes a lot of the later game stuff very trivial because of how powerful it is. Oh good. Um, but um, you do but you do get you can upgrade all of those. You can get more ammo for the the double Uzis, and you can make it so you can do a rocket jump with the rocket launcher and there's Ooh, stuff like that. That is so, cool though. Yeah, it's like there there is like there is some like cool stuff. Uh, there but like all all of it is kind of um layered in a pretty traditional like metroidvania style thing right like of Mm -hmm. like i said like basically when you get one of those you're going to an area that is like specifically designed around like hey you got this item now use it to like traverse around this area and like that's that's it and then like and then you'll move on and then you go to the next area and then you'll get that next next upgrade and then you'll you'll continue on so like all of them are like more designed specifically around using that item in that area and like you learning about it. Um, and you'll use them in like other areas for like a lot of optional, like there's uh collectible hats. Uh, so you can put on the little robot guy. So you get like cat ears and like hoods and like bandanas and all kinds of hats. I got like a Mario hat. Um, Are there then, any team fortress two hats in this? Um, I, I, I mean, there's probably so many Team Fortress hats. Like, they're probably <laughs> they're probably like crossover, but like, by happenstance. Yeah, yeah, by happenstance, completely. Okay. Um, and then there's like a Zelda style, like you can collect four little heart container pieces and get more health. Health. Okay. Cool. Um, so there's a little bit, but like that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, and and I think like uh, to I think segue into what, part of what you wanted to talk about here was I, I think. That's the the thing that Kunai is like always has an uphill battle with is just like it tends to feel like a more Metroidvania game with some cool hooks, but like there's a whole lot of those right now. Absolutely, and like we, there's just the Metroidvania game is like large and very, uh, uh, uh some would say bloated, some would say like at a resurgence because it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people are really into those games i think we're somewhere in the middle probably yeah I, w- I would say like at least from what like kind of what i've seen at a glance like me and you are probably like the biggest fans of metroidvania games mm-hmm. uh, on the site more, more or less mm-hmm. um with with other I, people that like them for yeah sure. the, i i think everyone else is a little bit more splintered than we are mm-hmm. to to an extent but i'm always i'm always generally excited to play a new one yeah me um, too but I'm but the only I, one that I, played Chasm, like in the world. Yeah, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I. Uh, it, it was funny because I I put a list. I have a list here on this doc, of of um, Metroidvania games that came out in 2019, and like if you want to technically count two of them, we kept uh, we like covered more than half of them. 
like seventy <laughs> like 75% of them. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's Bloodstained, Indivisible, Gato Roboto, Out Buddies, Blasphemous, which we all covered in various mm-hmm. forms. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, I also put like technicality, but like Control and Jedi Fallen Order are also sort of totally in that vein. So like we also they've, covered they've those. just have more going on than than just yeah those absolutely they're like triple A where these are like small kind of indie games mm-hmm. but there was like a couple other ones and then that's just 2019 where what, what, 20, 2018 2018 had, like, yeah 2018 double started <laughs> yeah like they had this many Metroidvanias just in the summer like <laughs> what what I appreciate though like those stand the standouts like obviously blasphemous I think like spoke to like Jarrett in a way that like the normal Metroidvanias don't and and Bloodstain spoke to Scott and I in the way that mm-hmm. that known so like the the highlights and indivisible obviously being like a totally unique thing yeah. um to some extent which i actually i've been playing indivisible fun fact nice. uh, this past week um but that there you can tell like the standouts from like the ones that are maybe a little bit more traditional um mm. do you think kunai fits more into the traditional versus the standout field um i w- i would say ultimately yeah it stands it, it is more in the traditional sense because there, there's like, there's some frustrations I had with it where there was one thing uh, that I really was really bumming me out through certain parts where I feel like some of these games have done better jobs of, and that is like checkpointing mm, and like yeah. prepping you for like bosses and things. Because like this one is like to the, to the T a Metroidvania in that like if you if you fall off into a pit or like die, you're going back to whatever the last thing you saved at was. Well, save room, yeah. That's yeah, tough. like you. You're you're going there. It isn't like a oh I just messed up this jump. Let me it just it'll just put you back on this platform right next to you or at the start of the that specific room, which I feel like a lot of more games have started doing to kind of keep because keep because like I think that just keeps a better flow to the game personally, yeah. right? I will say but, a game a big game that did mess that up was Control though, and it yeah. always bothered me. <laughs> yeah, like they they had like Control was like frustrating, but like in some regards but like i feel like they it was not as frustrating as i was with this game yeah it's it's different um, when it's like actually a platformer that's focused that's yeah because it's the game like i'm, I'm going through these elaborate plat i'm going through these elaborate platforming sections and i'm not even some of them i'm like doing for the first time and don't even know are like going through parts of this elaborate platforming section and i don't know what's coming up next necessarily mm-hmm. so i'm just kind of going and hoping for the best and then i die and then i have to keep doing that over and over again not really knowing what's coming next yeah. So like it was it was getting frustrating in that regard, having to go all the way back and then having to do large parts of these platforming sections over and over again. Yeah. Um, so that was not fun. Um some some of the bosses are, are like cool. Um, but there was like a similar thing where like they like some of them would would be pretty close to the the respawn points if you lose, but some of them were not. And you had to like oh. there there was one in particular where like I think it's like the third boss where you're like, it's like this weird blob. And this is when you get the like double like uh, Uzis and um, basically it puts you in, it puts you in the room and then you have to like run through this room with three mines in them. So like, you're already like hedging your bet on these mines that have this big AOE explosion that you're going to take damage on. And then you have to go into the boss room (laughs) having like maybe taken half your life on top of it. So that was just like, man, this is not thought out well. And it was kind of, it was it was a, it was a bummer. Um, I I think like there some of that is like 
harkening back to specifically like more specific games like trying to, to harken to Super Metroid, which definitely had gauntlets set up like that where it's like, all right, here's the save room and then like three really tough rooms and then the boss and like eventually you have to beat this. But yeah, it, it's tough. Like a lot of more modern games have just kind of circumvented that completely um, yeah. to give you better checkpoints, to give the player less frustration over, or, or to save them time, I think more than anything else. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think I think like some of them just keep a better flow. Like Ind- Indivisible is one I think of having uh, reviewed it and played completed through the uh, for the site last year. Mm-hmm. I think that game did a better job of checkpointing you through the tough platforming segments because like the bow boy breaks yourself for the later part of that those games where it is a lot of that. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but like I th- I think there's uh, they did a much better job of like all right. You know, the, the, these are clearly like these are very much longer stretches to be fair and indivisible than they were in Kunai. Mm-hmm. So like it made sense to have a lot more deliberate checkpointing through all those. Yeah. But it still would have been nice a couple of times in this game to have had that. To have. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe have like some like there are games like one game that I always think about with checkpoints is like Okami, which has like is more of like the traditional you save your game and then you load from your save kind of game. Right. Uh, cause it's like a PS2 era game, but they always had these um, before boss rooms, they would have these like little archways that you would go through that would just checkpoint you to that archway. It's the only time right. they had special checkpoints and it made sense. And like they created a whole lore reason for it and everything, which I appreciated. But uh, yeah. the, the game that's done checkpoint is probably the best still, in my opinion, is or in the blind forest, just because you make your checkpoints, right? Like you, yeah, can, you, yeah, you can just determine where they are. Not. And you can, I like that because you can be overconfident and never checkpoint, and then you'll get that brutal hit like once, maybe twice, of losing a lot of progress and going back to like the last story checkpoint, which are very rare. Um, But that teaches you how to use that mechanic even more. It teaches you why it's important. Um, So if you just see one room in front of you, it's like, oh, this is like a really tricky platforming room with a lot of spikes that could kill me pretty quickly. I'll just checkpoint right before it and like figure it out yeah um, i like that step by step yeah i i definitely like that too um so yeah this that game this game could have definitely helped a little bit from that uh for sure um but there's still a couple other things i did really appreciate it for it um meant generally like the vibe and i guess like the overall style of the game which is like a couple of these things all fit into like the personality of the main character is very fun because it's like basically like their face is like a like a it looks like a tablet basically and it's like a little like animated face on it yeah. And so like depending on like where your character well, like what your character is doing it'll have different fa- facial animations like if you if you like kneel down it'll like kind of go into like a cat pose and like have like that like little like three mouth with the cute eyes okay and like um, when you're attacking it'll get like an angry face when you're like swiping the sword around um when you when you're like low on health it'll flash like a red battery like dying charging kind of thing oh yeah, so it, like it, it, it had the your little main character you're playing as, even though like they're not like a voiced character and like it's all like text. Um, there's then like the, the character doesn't really have any like lines of dialogue or anything. Um, it still like has like a lot of personality as you're playing through the game and, and doing stuff of like when you're when you're like using a it has like a really funny face when you like use a kunai and then you're kind of like grappling like and like walking up a wall. It gives and, like, like that kind of concentration face, you know? Yeah, it's like it's kind of like concentrating face and then if you like stop in a point he'll have he'll have like a really like dumb looking kind of like smile like on his face it's, it's yeah, really good. It's, it's, yeah good. It's, it's really good um another thing i really liked was like again it's 
it's very much evocative of like a Game Boy game and a um, like a Neo Geo Pocket where they, they were just kind of like Game Boy game was kind of like the light green and the very dark green colors, right? Where like the, the whole, every new area you go into has like a similar vibe of like, all right, this area you're in a desert. So it's kind of like a lighter yellow and like a dark yellow to kind of split, split these areas and like using the pixel art. Mm-hmm. And then like, you'll go into like an underground area and it's like a, a kind of like a, like a cyan blue and like a darker blue. And they all like have these two tones of colors through the different areas. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that is awesome. Yeah. And it, it works really, really well. Um, and I, I like, I just like that overall look. Um, as, it, you it's, like, it's, as you like traverse into new areas and see like the different kind of use of the colors it's not like quite sepia like it's it's right but it's muted you know like it, it is kind of subdued but in a way that like everything is is kind of in that same palette so everything yeah. just kind of meshes together well even if there you'll see new colors or, or things you haven't seen before i've been watching like gameplay while we've been talking so i'm just nice. getting a little yeah, bit of yeah. that that palette mm-hmm. and then i i linked some if you have the doc here I also linked a couple of music tracks if you want to listen to them because the music is pretty good in this too. Um, it's done by like a, n- a relatively newer uh, lady, and um, mm-hmm. I also in the in the audio and video versions of this, I will put them up as backing tracks so people people listen can hear them as well. Cool, yeah. Um, music by Pongball. Yeah, and it's like Shannon's like the lady's name as well. I think she's like a part of that. Yeah, like, Shannon Mason. Fall, Mace, like all of all three of these were like my standouts. I think my favorite is Artificial Desert. Okay, and that I assume goes with the desert level. Yeah, and it's just like th- this area. It's more like a connecting area. Like it is like an area you have to go through to get like an item. It's like one of the first ones you go through, but it is also like a connecting area to like a, a bunch of different areas. Okay. Um, now yeah, say, I, like, I'm digging these tunes for sure. Yeah, jump jump to like jump to like the 40-ish like oh i did 40-ish seconds yeah <laughs> yeah the 40 seconds into the artificial desert I, I get you yeah it's really good um i it's... really like that that vibe of it and uh there's there's some good music in there um but yeah like they they definitely nailed like a style and presentation in this game uh that i really enjoyed uh for so, sure so what do you think like kunai does best of of all the things that it's trying to do um i think i think again i think the presentation of it is very good um, I think the, the core like mechanics of like using the kunai to like get around um, and the movement that is like involved with that of like being able to like uh, launch one in swing and then like drop it midsection and like be able to jump or like use it to like swing kind of up and around something like you can kind of use it to like you hit the bottom of a like a, you hit like a ceiling and then you like swing to like the right of it and then you like like you can like launch yourself up above like onto another platform or onto the top of that uh said platform that you like initially like stuck it into the bottom of and i think that like it all works like how you would think it'd work um so i so i really dug all that stuff mm. um for sure but like and where I does think, it th- where does it fall apart i guess is 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 or not necessarily fall apart but where, where does it need like it doesn't necessarily su- succeed in the way it wanted to yeah, I, I think I think it would have, um, I, I think it, if it would have kind of tried to do a little bit more with some of that stuff, because like by and large the areas like there are there are parts in the game where it's like clearly like the idea of like all right here's like a big long upward tunnel that you can go through and you can just sit there and like mash the triggers and like fly up it with the kunai and like that's fun, but like there's you know there's a couple of swinging sections. That are like they, that are kind of like timing based, where you or you don't want to fall into lava and stuff. 
Um, so like I think like those moments when you're using more of a kunai to like move around, they could have just tried to do a little bit more of that or try to find a little bit more of uh, ways to like use that stuff. Because yeah. I feel like by and large, like you said, it's a mixture of like you're you're kind of doing some of that stuff, but not a lot. Um, and it generally, and it generally ends up with you just in like a big combat scenario or like a boss battle. And I think they could have done with some more like more like uh, kunai sections where you're doing more intricate like platforming and other stuff would have been kind of cool because um, there's not like a whole whole lot of that. Like there's some there's some parts in there, but not a lot. Yeah, even like more powers tied to the kunai seems like it, it might yes. help a lot. Yeah, because um, like I'm a, like like I said, like because that getting the elastic uh, bands for your kunai and like the ropes and stuff like that's kind of really the only power up you get for them. Everything else is tied to like sword, like getting a more powerful sword or getting um, better SMGs or like it's, yeah. it's all it's all tied to the weapons you get. Um, and and I th- and I think like I think. The, the the end part the end part because like I think that was the biggest bummer was some of like the later parts mm-hmm. of the game so I guess here's some spoilers for people if and, you know if, it's, if it sounds like a Metroidvania game you can get to you can kind of jump out of here I guess but it's not like crazy but I'm gonna talk about the final boss and kind of some of the final segments criticisms where, like, in the end game here we are yes um, I just think that like the basically it, it has like a cool setup and that like you get to this like haunted factory. And like you find a you find a giant mech, and it's like all right, we have to find the core to power this mech. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get in this mech and like do like giant mech stuff. Um, no, unfortunately not. Uh, you just you just power it up and you go to like a you go to a different planet and then it just drops you um, back into you. So you're just the, you're just your dude, and the planet doesn't have anything fancy. It just drops you into a bunch of combat arenas uh, mm-hmm. over and over again. So you're just like in these like white rooms. And like enemies just constantly spawn, and you, and you get like three big waves of enemies. Um, yeah. And then and then you're basically at the final boss, and then you just fight the final boss, <laughs> and that's kind of okay. it. Um, yeah, it seems like the that like maybe the intent was for Kunai to be like a more combat focused game, but like it also has all these other things that kind of contradict that. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it is. Like I feel like it's it's kind it's like kind of two games, and I feel like maybe that was. You know, again, it, I think you know. I don't think you know. It's 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 hard to say because I think there's, I think there's like a total of three people who worked on this game. So I'm not really sure if it was just like a budget or constraint thing that they ended where they ended because like the the end of the game is also very abrupt because mm-hmm. it's literally like you're you're fighting the final boss who like is kind of a pain in the ass, and then like the final segment of it is like he has like a the, the you're like finding a big robot that's like like scythe man and like he throws your throws the scythe at you and then like it gets stuck in the ground and you run up and grab it and start attacking him with it and then it, it like it literally you just do like a couple rounds of that where like you like slice him with the scythe he'll like drop out of the stage and like shoot lava at you um and you do that a couple times and then all of a sudden you'll just like slice him and then it'll just it just cuts to like a cutscene of like you like slicing him in half like no like real fanfare of like you you beat him he's like defeated it just kind of shows him like slicing slicing in half and then <clears throat> credits just start kind of rolling and you're just like oh okay it's, it's kind of abrupt yeah um, end to it like it's kind of like oh okay i, I kind of see what they were going for with that but yeah i don't know if that would work for me yeah yeah and it's it it so it's it's hard to say i like again i don't want to get 
I don't know what, uh, what struggles or what the what they were thinking when developing it. Um, but so it was just yeah, it was just like a weird abrupt ending. Yeah, uh, not the sure. direction you would have gone. Um, yeah, but I get you. It's it's tough to say. Um, so yeah, I, I think overall I I enjoyed Kunai, but I think it just has it's it, it stuck a little bit too. I think it stuck it a little bit too safe with a lot of stuff. Mm. And, I, and like again, talking about a lot of Metroidvanias, there's a lot, a lot of Metroidvanias right now, and like a lot of them are kind of you know not necessarily perfect games either, but at least like trying uh, different things and going out of their way to uh, drastically change what else you're also doing in the game. Like Indivisibles one, right? And then like uh, yeah. you know, I know, I know, like one late earlier even years, like like you said, Ori. In like Hollow Knight, and the one I personally really like is Iconoclast, which is also yeah. very different. Um, yeah, and and like Hollow Knight's certainly the standout for me because like it's just so dense, right? Like, yeah, that's that's the they they kind of went for like an almost above and beyond approach of like we're just gonna fill this world with little things in every single corner that you can go to, um, and that, I think that's what speaks to me about that. Uh, and and even something like Bloodstain that's like trying to reinvent a, a very old formula, uh, I think like does a really great job of having like those more modern checkpoints, having like the teleportation to get around, having it be like really dense, like because that game took me like thirty four hours to beat the first time, um, and and having like even like special moves with different weapons and different weapons that you can equip, and and like there was a lot going on in that game. It, it really seems like yes. they jam packed it full. Uh, and to, to like what you're saying with Kunai, like I, I made a joke, but I like not intended as one, but like I, I played Chasm uh, and I'm like the only person I know that played it. And I really like that game. I think mm -hmm. it, it faces a lot of similar problems of I, it fits in this framework. It does. It does a couple things on its own that are cool. Like the big thing about Chasm is it's procedurally generated and every world ideally will be different, but you can also share your seed with somebody else and and have them play the same world in the same seed bracket like layout of the world as you right. um but it, it doesn't necessarily go above and beyond in any way and and it's not like a fault to that game like i don't think it necessarily needs like the that level of like density or something that that those 40 hour games can bring but i think with with Metroidvanias, and it's the same thing, like, shooters have always been struggling with. Any genre that has kind of, like, had a, an explosion in video games is just, like, the the more there are of them, like, the more excellent, like, all of them would need to be in order to stand out. Like, that's why Ori and the Will of the Wisps is, like, right on the cusp of this game, and, like, that has the, the trappings to be, like, really one of those give-you-everything-in-the-kitchen-sink-type Metroidvanias totally. that... Is you're going to lose yourself to it, and it, it brings a lot to the table, and it has a lot to show you. Uh, and if Kunai is like, hey, we made a traditional game that's really cool, I think it's going to face the same thing uh, that Chasm does. Is like, hey, like it's a it's a good game, and it, it's worth playing, but like also there are many other games like it that are yeah. probably more worth playing, and, and it's tough to yeah to face yeah. That it's definitely that unfortunate thing, right? Of like, there I don't think Metroidvania games are going anywhere. Like no, no. Like they're, they're just they're just not. And I and I we've been I, looking at our PAX emails and been yeah. like, oh, <laughs> all right, okay. yeah. And yeah. I and, I'm, and I, like I'm personally okay with those. I enjoy those games too. quite a lot, and I know you yeah. do too. 
Um, I might play Kaz or uh, play Kunai after this. Yeah, because <laughs> even with like the full, like it's, it's it's not a super long one. Um, yeah. Again, I played I beat it in like eight hours, and, and that was still that was also like doing some optional stuff, like getting some of the hard container things, and you know finding mm-hmm. like buying, getting all the upgrades and stuff. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, like you said, I think it's just like you said there there are Metroid more Metroidvania type games coming like on the we're on the cusp of of like you know Ori. And another one I'm excited for is the pro- that's slated for this year is Axiom Verge two, and yes. like they just they just seem like much grander and more elaborate and like have like like a much more. I feel like this this felt like it was just going for that kind of throwback feel again, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily bad, but then when you have these two games that are like pushing this genre forward or doing new things in the genre potentially like it's hard to not like look at those and be like oh yeah like, yeah you should probably these, play this these, one these, these are gonna this. these are gonna be the ones we're gonna be talking about probably at the end of the year, end of the year yeah for sure but like it, it's it's tough because like i it's it is like that that same indie conundrum of like or we're kind of like we're, we're trying to find a niche that we like more than likely the people that made Kunai are, are people that really like games like this and, yeah. and just wanted to kind of leave their mark on it. Um, and, and a lot of that is a more traditional thing. Like, I, I think it's the same space where like the messenger, like is like a take it or leave it type mm-hmm. thing. Like that, that's a game that really connected with me because I hadn't really been exposed to a game like that. And it was the one that had the trappings We're kind of like the Metroidvania was the extra part of that game versus like the yeah. whole shebang. And so, like, that's a game that, that brought me into something new, whereas I, I think it's it's just tougher for Kunai if it is going to fit more into, like, the, this is kind of what this is, and, and we're not necessarily going above it. But, like, the the guns and, and the, the aesthetic, I think, are the things that, that bring it up. It's just those aren't enough for a lot of people now. Yeah, um, that, yeah I think that's, that's pretty much it. And it's just, you know, <clears throat> I, I just think it, it'll, it'll be tougher to stand out as we get more and more into this year, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, also Kunai sixteen ninety nine on Switch. Very Switch specific price. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably what it is on was on Steam as well. More than likely, yeah. Um, so the, at the end of the day, at the end of this review discussion, Mike, would you recommend folks check out Kunai? Um, yeah, I, I would. Just just with like pretty much the caveats uh, we've said of like, hey, if you're if you're somebody that really likes these these games these this genre of games and you've already played a lot of the ones uh, that we've talked about are uh some of the the more popular ones like it's it's worth checking out you know it's it's not a you're not gonna take a big hit on the bank on mm. it you know it is only on pc and switch so you wouldn't have like a luxury of being like eh, it's just like a small game on game pass let me check it out but it is yeah. you know it's still like you know it has it's on switch so you have that, you know, you can take it on the go and do and uh, play it there. I think that'd be a, a good place to play it. You know, it's, it's again, it's a very simple art style and all 2D. So like, I doubt it it would run bad or do anything like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, always I, play on PC because Master Race, of course. Master Race, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd ultimately recommend it to anyone. I I, I had a good time with it. Again, it's just I I think it was. Just like there's a larger conversation around. There's a larger conversation around. Just like there's there's a lot of Metroidvania games, and I like them dearly. But like I can see from somebody who's maybe not not as into them as you and I are, 
looking at it and being like, man, there's just so many of these. Do I, which one, which should I play this over this or should I, should I just not even bother? And I totally yeah. get, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, sentiment. me too. Uh, but we, we, you and I are just going to drown in our wealth yep. of riches. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to play Kunai. I, I played Kunai and completed it and I'm very happy and excited to play more metroidvanias this year because yep. there's gonna be some good ones yes very exciting mm-hmm. uh you want to take us out of here uh yeah so that's gonna do it for this irrational passions review discussion here on the uh ip presents feed uh thanks so much for stopping by and listening thanks to the wonderful pr people who provided a code for kunai on steam for me to play through and complete um, if you like this, please consider subscribing if you haven't already. Um, and checking out some of the other wonderful things like you and Nabashin have been doing a lot of fireside chats. Yeah, uh, those, just one on one chats. Been, yeah, those have been fun to listen to. We'll have yeah. plenty, plenty more review discussions coming up here. Um, some other stuff we're working on that'll show up here. And hey, you know, PAX is in like two weeks. Uh, yeah, we might do something here for PAX. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we might have some content here from PAX, and we also have a panel there. So if you're going to yes. PAX, uh, Friday, 4:30 p.m. Yeah. in the uh, Arachnid Theater, Scott White and I are going to be hosting a panel with a bunch of guests about yep. the best and worst RPG tropes. Exciting stuff. Uh, Mike's just going to be screaming from the audience at yeah. us the whole time. And be like, yeah. "Why aren't you talking about this?" Yeah, weeds. <laughs> a bunch of nerds. Yeah, weeds. Over and over again. Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time though. I'm ex- I'm pretty excited. Um, mm-hmm. Excited to see some new video games. Hell yes! As well, play some new indie video games at PAX. It's it's always fun. It's always fun. Hopefully, to, to, hopefully to twenty Metroidvanias. Yeah, I'm gonna play every Metroidvania there. That's right. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we're it's it's gonna be fun to be all together and everything. Um, yep. But yeah, thanks to everyone who listens, and uh, we love you. Yep. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye.